Ayo. <laughs> we, we, we've drunk too much before we started the podcast. Oh, is it recording? Yep. Alright, say Cool. When that red dot goes off, it means it's stopped. Or the other way around. Right. Anyway, cool. I just say we, we get lit. Welcome right. to the Yamanem podcast. Your hosts, Ayo and Kay. Um, this is 100% the first time we filmed this, mm-hmm. and definitely not the fourth. Anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> share, subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Music, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, please subscribe on both because we need to secure the bag. Yeah, please. Man. I don't want to beg, but I'm begging. <laughs> get, get at us. It'll be, it'll, be, it'll be worth your time, trust me. This whole series, guess we can call it season two because yeah. if we had a whole series. If you haven't seen the Yamane podcast before, listen to it. Eight to ten episodes of it, I forgot the exact number, is still on Spotify right now, so go have a look. We spoke about loads of things, we spoke about like graduation from uni, we spoke about Meghan Markle, we spoke about being black in the workplace. Yeah. There's a few other things as well. But um, yeah, so if you're new, welcome. And we're also down to revisit any other subjects. Like, drop a little comment below, and we'll get at you. And yeah. we'll 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 definitely we'll definitely get some cool stuff going. We've got some cool guests lined up as well from so, the world of music, football, fashion, business. You said you want to get a vicar in here or something. Yeah, man. Yeah, all so, sorts. Yeah, some porn stars. Let's get them all in. Yeah. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That's the way it was. <laughs> I did not. No, 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 no. no not, in the, not in this podcast. When the porn star comes there, she can stay on the couch. I was behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, now everyone's going to fit the fucking couch. Okay, um, apparently, this sofa looks like um, a sofa in um, certain kind of videos. I'm, I'm I have no idea about I'm going to call it fake podcast. <laughs> T-shirt, right? Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't know what he's referencing at all, but apparently, that in some nefarious kind of dark kind of videos, they have similar color sofas to this. <laughs> don't, but, don't dress it up with nefarious. <laughs> <laughs> don't dress it up, Ayo. You, you know what? You know what the deal is. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm a man of cleanliness. Um, <laughs> I'm a child of God. Um, okay, <laughs> so we thought, um, since this is the first one, um, we should both tell like an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Well, not an interesting story, like, something like kind of interesting. For you guys to get to know us yeah. a little bit. Um, I'm going to let you go first then. Okay, I got two. Okay. Um, I'm only going to tell one, don't worry. Um, I got slapped when I was in Cambodia by a Cambodian woman. <laughs> for, um, for, for reasons. Okay, so I was traveling um, in Asia with my boy Moose, Big Up Musa, um, who, by the way, was no help in this situation. Oh, we, of course, <laughs> of course, Musa didn't help you in this situation. Right, okay, so we were crossing um, the uh, Thai-Cambodian uh, border, which um, we were crossing by coach, so which is the, one of the most terrifying places I've ever been in my life. You, they make you get off the coach um, in Thailand and you just have to walk across the border. You have to walk like in and amongst all these just random dons who just stood there, not even police or anything. Just random dons stood there, you have to walk through them. 
everything was fine. We got to the border. They tried to um, extort us on the border for like a fur visa. They basically tried to charge. <laughs> so basically, on the board, they had official prices of the visa, and the guy had just written down a random number on a sheet of paper. And he was like, "Pay." And then obviously, my mate Musa is just the most stubborn human being um, who lives, and also six foot four. So they were terrified of him already. And he was like, "No, I'm not paying." And I was like, "I was like." Moose, don't do this. <laughs> Moose, don't do this. He's like, no, I'll pay. Like, the price up there, don't take the piss. Uh, and eventually, um, because he's stronger on them, we had to, we, they, didn't, they didn't extort us. But anyway, so one thing, oh, I'm, cl- I'm flying high, cloud nine. This is what it's like when you're over six foot, bro. Like, you need to understand extortion. It's not a thing. It's not a thing for us. Boy, so you never extorted us. <laughs> so if SARS came your way. <laughs> You'll see yourself with that. Actually, that's not bad. You know what? We've, we've, we've drunk too much before we started the podcast. Okay. But anyway, fin- I'll finish like, up. I'll run with Let me round up the story. <laughs> this one time, I was with this man over six foot two, and life changed dramatically. Nah, no, this I, is how I, I, I spot drink literally all over your. <laughs> anyway, now nah, let me finish the story. Okay. So, um, is that is that car? It's a little bit in your room. All right, cool. So, <laughs> where were we? Across the border. Yes. Well, I'm in Cambodia now, right? So, um, what's happened? Yeah, we've crossed into Cambodia now. Um, bust a corner, just the first corner into that place. A woman smiles at me, a very tiny woman. So I'm thinking, hey, new country, lovely vibe. I smile back and then she proceeds to hit me. There was, um, before you're thinking, there was no, in, there's no in between in that story. She Wait, smiles at me, I smile at her back, she just goes bang, everyone stops. She just attacks you. She just hits me, like, but not in the face. I think when I slapped her, misleading. It was like, she wasn't that tall, she only got hit. Like, um, but, um, Wait, you said that she wasn't that tall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listen, uh, big man, you need to focus on yourself. Uh, uh, you get to sorry, 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 sorry. Um, Someone comfort. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she was, she was like, very small woman, and she hit me on my shoulder. Everyone stopped thinking I'm gonna slump this old woman. Um, obviously, I kind of wanted. To, <laughs> I obviously didn't want it. I was just like, "Wait, what's going on here? Why is she attacking me?" Um, everyone pauses. I laugh it off. I move forward. And Moose is just there creasing. Like, why did she hit you? I was like, I don't even know, man. Have I, you seen that? I think I'm just bad vibes. Have you seen that Southeast Asian guy that sings numbers? Like, one, <laughs> 21, 22, 23, 24. Yeah, I, I just, I can just imagine her, like, you know, vibes into that and seeing you. <laughs> yeah, and then and you interrupting, like, mid number sequence. Pretty much it. So, yeah, I got slapped by a random woman, old woman. Did she explain why at all? She couldn't speak English, so we wouldn't have got far. I think maybe she did. Um, Doesn't Miss uh, speak a little bit? Taiwanese? No, he speaks um, a little bit of Mandarin. Mandarin? Yeah. Which is not. Apologies. <laughs> and also, and also, no, I was, Taiwanese. I, 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 also, I, also I, was, I, was in, I was in Cambodia, so. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. I've got it all mixed up here. <laughs> what? You know what? Just t- let's, let's get to your story now. That's Jeez. me. That's me. Hmm. My story was when I was in Miami where I nearly got shot. That was crazy. So we're having dinner. Yeah, I, like, I can't <laughs> pause. 
I would lick off this whole thing. You, you'd hear it, you'd hear it. Yeah, it's not moving. Sorry. Like your story. Um, where was I? Yeah, dinner. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Having dinner. Yeah. Beautiful restaurant. Can't remember the name of it, but it's like the best burger you can get in Miami. It was actually like gourmet, but not like gourmet burger over here, like an actual gourmet burger. <laughs> an actual burger. <laughs> so, GBK, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we were, we were vibes in, we are walking out, we just hear music like playing in the background. We're like, yo, what's this music, man? This sounds lit. Mm-hmm. We're walking towards the music. And then just random people like are just gathering in this parking lot. So we're like, yo, what's going on here? Only black people. Full, fully like just yeah. black. Um, we were there. Yeah, for, it's a vibe. I think it was like in the maybe Memorial Day weekend, something like that. Yeah. So it's, it's popping off. Going over there. Everyone's like moving, shaking. Everyone's like vibes. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. It's like, oh yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to get into the party. And so they they literally got got into a parking lot and filled up like uh you know those kind of inflatable pool things and they just called it a pool party. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> the the blackest thing. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was so it was so funny because um they were like charging people entry to this parking lot as well. When they when they heard our accents, they were like, oh you guys you, you can come in half price. You know, you're, you're yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm from England. <laughs> yeah, I'm from England. Like, uh, you're gonna get all the girls with that accent, man. <laughs> you know, that's how it was moving in it. And you were like, oh, I'm so shocked, really. Like, uh, really? I, was, I was like, oh, sounds sounds good, man. Um, so we 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 roll, <laughs> good, we we roll through, and it's crazy. Like everyone's like chilling. Everyone's got their kind of like places. You got VIP spots got random OGs like throwing money into the crowd, like literally just dashing. America like, just seems like a wild place. I've never been, but it just, it seems nuts. That's crazy, bro. Like I'm, I'm literally seeing some of the coolest people, some of the most beautiful girls, like shout out all the black queens in Miami. You dig, like shout out all of you lot. <laughs> you were just catching feelings. Vibes, bro, just pure vibes. And then, so we're, so we're going through, we're vibes and the music's good, we're drinking. Then DJ just kind of like announces, yo, twerk contest, twerk contest. So we're like, yo, okay. I'm where this story's going, but I'm excited. <laughs> so, you're, so we're literally like, this is, by the way, completely random as well. Like you're literally like, this is all happening like off the cuff. Mm. So we're there, like there's a hundred people like crowding around this DJ booth in this random car park in the middle of Miami. The art district is crazy. Then you've got like girls going up there and people are just giving the DJ money and it's going to be the prize money and you're literally seeing hundreds, 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 hundreds. Yeah. And so we're talking like, there's a good like $700, $800 there to be won for, for somebody. <laughs> for a twerk. And you start twerking. <laughs> I mean, not for that money. But I know everybody has their price. And <laughs> $800 is not yours. Somebody, you know what, segue. Somebody the other day told me that they would fuck their granny for four million pounds. You know you can't be prosecuted for that! <laughs> End the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was it. We, it was nice doing this. That's the end of the season. <laughs> Wait, no, 
thing is, you can't do segue <laughs> casually and then go. But ima- imagine, yeah. imagine, because I'm talking, I'm, I'm there by computer, I'm working. I'm like, oh, I'm trying to secure this four million pound deal um, for a so I can't for some reason I can't reveal who, for, and why. But like, there's this four million pound deal, and the guy goes, four, four million pound. We see the guy. Was he? Like, yeah, he was. Okay. I'm not even surprised. He goes, four, four million pounds. Oh, my God. And he goes, he goes, Jeff, what did you do for four million quid? And he was like, oh. And the, the, other guy was, the other guy was Australian. So he, he was, he's like, right, mate. I'll do a lot for four million quid, I would. My, my Australian accent is terrible. And then, and then the guy's like, I'll, I'll fuck my granny silly for four million quid, you know. And he, and he, and he goes, Jeff, did you fuck your granny for four million quid? And guy's like, I would, I would, I would have called HR. Imagine I'm sat there my laptop, but I'm engrossed in this conversation now. And and the guy, the guy kind of looks up. And he goes, oh, fuck my granny for four million quid. <laughs> and the guy just goes, yes, I knew you'd say it. Come on, my son. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. And then, and then I just thought to myself. <laughs> you were like. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to my original story. Talk contest. Yeah, so DJ, everyone's counting around. Money's piling up. Girls are ready to twerk for this money. So, first kind of round, round one, girls are doing normal twerking. They're, they're throwing it about, but they keep, like, they're, they're doing their thing in it. Yeah. Like, what you would expect, like. You're, you're imagining a twerk contest in Miami and this is what's happening. I cannot imagine such things. <laughs> I cannot imagine such things. But carry on. So, so then round two. Yeah. DJ's like, okay, he's eliminated a couple of the, you know, some of the girls that weren't really doing it for the crowd, didn't it? The crowd was <laughs> like, nah, I don't, I don't want to see. Boo. I don't want to see. Boo this man. You, you, know, you know I was booing to some <laughs> Girls are, we're talking 
everything. Often everything. I was really shocked. But it's at the moment when the girl, the other girl, was not willing to really show the crowd of say 500 people the full Monty. The girl that really was, she whips it off. DJ's about to give her all the money. The money then, as, as it's like conversion, money flies up in the air. So me, I must have paid like maybe $30 to get in. Wait, wait, sorry, okay, just to clarify. Did the DJ throw the whole money into the So air? somehow, I don't know how it's happened, but money from the prize money has kind of got flicked up into the air. Yeah. So the money's in the air. Obviously me, I for some, money somehow I found myself at front row. I don't know how I found myself. I don't know. Yeah, but sometimes you just naturally, the wind takes you. Just, you know, the crowd is pushed out. I'm at front row. So here's me. I see $100 flying about. Grab. $100. Another. Bam. $100. Up. $50. Bam. So I'm, I'm walking. I'm, I've got $250 in my, in my trouser pocket. Yeah. Turn around, girls twerking, girls got up, ready to collect our money. All you hear is bang, bang, bang in the air. Suddenly I'm like, yo, fireworks! <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, yo, where the fireworks? This night just got better. <laughs> this night just went from an eight to a ten. As, as I turn around, you see around 500 people running for their lives. Like, we're not talking speeding past you, like, pushing out of the way. I see, I turn around, I see the biggest guy just swing for this other guy, like fully just swing for him. And then the person I was with grabs me, he's like, yo, we gotta get out of here. I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on right now? He's like, yo, gunshots just went on. I was like, I forget I'm in Miami, America. <laughs> So here's me, $250 in my, in my pocket, just saw about 30 different women twerking off in my face practically, and I'm running for my life. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm literally the last one to get out of this parking lot. <laughs> I don't want to go. <laughs> I'm so happy. I'm just like, not today, please not today. And that's my, that's my story, bro. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, violence and violence, but in different, in different. I mean, different Cam- Cambodia is a, a, a much better place in America, I must say. Yeah, but like, um, I'm pretty sure experience is more enjoyable. Um, because it was fun. That was a fun place. Yeah, no, Cambodia was sick, but in, I'm talking about the actual story parameters. Oh yeah, I came out of there. Adrenaline was rushing. But wait, did you keep the money? Yes, of course I kept. <laughs> Yo. Yeah, we got. <laughs> so you got paid for that experience. Yeah, I got, I got paid. The true American dream. I'm it's, proud of you. Exactly, man. It was it was it was really fun. Uh, anyway, sorry, we segued that. That was a that was. That was going to be just an intro, but um, it took time. And there you so go. Just, that's a bit out, bit of us. Anyway, so for today's episode, we wanted to speak about um, of it obviously it being Black British Black History Month. We wanted to speak about. British black identity and effectively just how um, it's a bit convoluted, isn't it? It's a bit weird. Um, so strange, man. Like, yeah. So strange. So basically, what um, one thing I've always said and I've always heard from a lot of um, other British black people is that despite that most of us, well, people from England, were English, 
many people when they when they're about talking about their own identity. For example, when I was in Cambodia or when I was around traveling, when people ask me where I'm from, I'd say I'm from London or um, or I'm Nigerian. That's that's literally the two things I'd say, right? And and then when I say obviously when I say I'm from London, that explains the accent, that explains whatever. Um, and then Nigerian is like what you can physically see. Yeah. Um, and I just and I, I think just generally like me, I don't really remember any time in my life where I was I've ever been like, yeah, I'm English, even though like a loads of people who would hear me speak would say, yeah, you're English. I think it's just because there's such a weird relationship for people like me, like you, who are like you know parents immigrated from a different country yeah. and are you know as you know British now mannerisms and English now mannerisms and accents, whatever. Yeah. But but at the same time. You have a sense of we not belonging here. Yeah, trust. It's um, yeah, it's definitely a weird scenario, right? Being um, Richard, we were talking about how you kind of get trapped in between the two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. In this kind of sense of in Nigeria, not being considered truly Nigerian or even black for a matter. <laughs> and you know, I'm retell this story by force. Yeah. <laughs> basically, um. We were talking, yeah, we were talking about before, um, wait, did I cut you off? Did I cut no, you off? No, 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 no. What I was going to say is that um, we're basically saying how, like, being between like, Niger- being Nigerian and English, um, a kind of like statelessness where you're not fully Nigerian, where you are we're Nigerian by blood, but English and British by mannerisms and the way we, like, obviously exist or whatever, and where, where we live, etc. And how, like, um, on one side here in the UK, you might have a lot of people asking about where you're truly from, where you're really from. But the funniest thing I've had on the opposite side is that my auntie, when I went to Nigeria, she thought my mum's kids were going to be white because they were born in the UK. So despite the fact that my dad is full-blooded Nigerian, my mum's a full-blooded Nigerian, she thought my mum, her, like, mom, mom, like, my siblings were going to be white. I think mean, it just shows you how, like, it's a like, joke, but it just shows you how, for like a lot of people, how much like skin color is obviously tied to kind of yeah. like, heritage or whatnot. To location, like, yeah, and just. But also, when I was in Nigeria, like, there's this overwhelming urge to get out. <laughs> But that's why you see Nigerians all over the world. Like, like literally, like there's a there's a Nigerian speaking town in Brazil, fam. Like, I'm also, Nigerian, a Yoruba speaking. But that's actually more to do with like slavery legacy because of whatever. Yeah. But then, but then there's like you always see like 
No issue. Go to Holland, you'll find Nigeria. China, India, yeah. everywhere. Nigeria's everywhere. Nigeria's the world. Nigeria's the world. Not always in positive stories, but we're, we're out of here. Um, so I, I just, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know why I led with that. It, it, just, <laughs> it just really spoke to me at that moment. But no, like, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting like, scenario, man, where we kind of just find ourselves at this interesting crossroads. Um, in terms of identity in, in this country and I feel like the whole premise of like being British and what that means is really being challenged at the moment like what what is Britishness or to, for me what, more importantly what does it mean to be a Londoner so I think that's even more kind of um, even more like globalised now in terms of I think I think it's around what, 40% of people in London are non-white? I think fundamentally also is that we have a distinct kind of, like the way it's developed is like, I feel like we have like a, a growing black British identity. Um, for some people it might be like closeness to being born and raised in London and being around other Londoners. Yeah. Um, or just in general as the population, the population of black British people increases. Um, a lot more people feel like a certain closeness, like, I mean, I put an increasing closeness to the country. I feel like it's one of those things where as the, the generations go on, um, as probably for some groups in the UK have already experienced since like the Windrush times, then a lot more people probably have a lot more like kind of closeness. And, like when it gets more normalized, people, and there's a lot less of, you know, where are you from, where are you from, where are you from. Does it trigger you when you get that question? Where are you from? <sighs> Not have you ever got like where you from? You go, you go. Oh, I'm from, I'm from West. And no, but where are you really? Where are you really from? Nasa, Nasa, come here, come here. Where are you? Um, does it trigger me? The thing is, I weirdly know because I just expect it. Like I don't. Like I've never once met. I mean, like I never once met someone over the age of like 35, 40 and not expected them to be question me further about my because I feel like people who were born in the 60s and 70s it was just a different time and like a lot of people obviously our age can be like yeah like that's one that's thing that's interesting that like a lot of people I feel like our age are very much at peace with the idea that we are born and raised in the UK but our like ancestry is Nigerian yeah. and it's just like a normal thing right but I feel like a generation before that who lived in a society which was a lot more probably homogenous, um, well, a lot, a lot more, slightly more homogenous. Um, uh, it's as much as I'm not saying it's racist to say that, but it's kind of like built into um, there's but yeah, they're kind of norm because for them it was majority of people they said would be like for them it's like whiteness and Britishness. So yeah. like, so I don't want really to even say it triggers me because I think it's just like, expected. Not that I'm saying it's good. It needs to stop, but. I expect it to be honest. I kind of like it. Is that weird? Well, elaborate. Why do you like it? I like. I like that. You know, you're, <laughs> not, you're not connected to this country, fam. <laughs> like I like that. I can say yeah that I've got. I've got that aspect and this whole like culture and this whole kind of um, thing behind me that's really defining me. No, I do, yeah, I, I love, no, I love being Nigerian, like, anywhere, it's everything, any single person who's known me since, yeah, but it's, it's like some, some people get triggered by, like, that moment where someone goes, yeah, but, 
like where where you're originally from, where your parents from. And I'm buzzing, like I'm like, yeah, I'm about to give you the Dad to talk. I, I, I go, my father and my mother are Nigerian. Yeah. Thoroughbred. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I 100% like, I'm very much like, I'll happy. I sometimes even tell people straight away I'm Nigerian just to bypass all the bullshit nonsense in the middle. But for me, it's more kind of like something I've like spoken about before is that like, it's what it's, what the, I, the idea behind it is flawed. I think the rationale behind it is flawed because fundamentally, like I said, if we if we truly had a good education in this country about um, Britain's empire and it's like the people who were once technically British citizens under the empire, mm. then we have then the idea of be of you know being black and British and uh, brown, Asian and British, etc., wouldn't be that weird because what I find quite interesting is that there'd be plenty of people who are you know first generation, second generation immigrants to this country from Europe who are whites who probably may never, unless they have like an obvious like European name, would probably never be asked like, where are you from? But it's ironic because many of the people from, uh, many of those people, well, pretty much all of those people, I'm actually thinking, um, from those countries in Europe would never have been under English, British rule. But, they, but uh, <laughs> those, of us, those, yeah. those of us from like India, Nigeria were literally, as of what, 60, 70 years ago, yeah. were British citizens under the empire. So it's, yeah. it's, ironic. it's I, ironic. I also find it ironic in that you kind of sometimes ask like an English person, like, oh, like, is, is there like anything more than just English? Because I think it's, I guess, definitely in London, it's very rare to meet a fully English person. That, yeah, most of, sorry, most of my white mates are Irish, so that's because I went Catholic schools. Yeah, yeah, fair, yeah. fair, fair. But I, I think it's fairly rare to meet someone that's fully English, but I think also like English people almost, like or I say white people might almost want to say, yeah, I'm a little, a little bit Brazilian actually. <laughs> I'm actually 118th. <laughs> More, more Mauritius. <laughs> Not that lucky. Yeah. I, well, um, well, I, I, did, I did one of those DNA tests. One fifth Jamaican, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Bomber clown, man. <laughs> Wild one, my mate. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that's um that's happening more. And you also have like I feel one of the biggest um kind of barometers for where like society is at is also their comedians. And like the success of Mo Gilligan, and also who's who's the other guy? Oh, Minya, Minya. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, that's actually kind of interesting. I think there's been a doc coming out. Uh, actually, let me not say when because I'll date when this is actually being recorded. But um, uh, Mo Gilligan is having or has had a documentary uh, called Black and British, which is basically looking at black black comedians' presence in the UK. Yeah, and like how why sometimes they don't have as much like they'll be selling out like arena not arenas but you know they'll be selling out like so many kind of venues and but yeah, not appearing on tv yeah exactly as much thing and the thing is like you obviously you've had mo gilligan show and big nasty show but before then i think the last black show with lenny henry unless i'm like missing something was like comedian like showing tv with lenny henry i remember lenny henry show that was jokes but um yeah and it's just about like we how as much as definitely they're a lot, lot more prevalent, there's so many good black comedians. There's obviously Nabil Abdul Rashid, who just won, no, didn't win, should have, 
who was just on Britain's Got Talent. Um, obviously, there's like they have loads of online comedians like Logan, Gomez, Chihuahua, Sideman. Um, he is funny, man. <laughs> you have like, like loads of people, and you do have like from like London Hughes, Ava, um, forgotten the last name. You do have like like comedians who appeared on like um, like Mock the Week and stuff like that. But I think there's still a lot more to be done. Yeah, I I, I truly I truly believe like as British people like. We definitely connect via humour, like hu- like humour and food, I feel like are massive like connecting points. And it's like, especially in terms of being at a university environment or being in like a football environment where it's so easy to retreat to just people that look like you, just because you're like away from home, yeah. but you're not necessarily like, you don't recognise your environment that well. I feel like you realise that even more so. And mm. when you when you're hearing the jokes and how people are like really connecting, you know that humor plays a massive role. And like having these kind of bridges through like black comedians and just like um, in the kind of social consciousness in the mainstream, I think it's really interesting. And it's happening more. I think online comedians are way more relevant than your Michael McIntyre's anyway <laughs> these days. You get me. Let's put respect on Michael McIntyre. He's iconic. He's funny. Like, no, I don't know. I'm not joking. There. Michael McIntyre made me laugh, but I do get what you mean. I feel like, uh, like, um, I feel like a lot of like a lot of comedians, a lot of like, but a lot of comedians are seeing that, like, of any race, are seeing that the internet now is like the main place where you can just grow. Like when you see Mo Gilligan's rise and um, so many others, obviously Munoz's rise now. Like, certainly he's like already on Netflix like narrating doing like Netflix news and it's only a matter of time before he's blown up everywhere um, just a lot of, uh, it's a lot more there's, there's the roots of success now as opposed to like the traditional roots same way with like music artists as well like yeah. you know, people who have like gone through just like um, like your SBTV your Grand Dailies to grow up to a big right, as opposed to like trying to go through all these like authentic roots and like extra authentic like X Factor back in that yeah imagine show. like you used to have, to get a Christmas number one you used to have to be on X Factor man I, I remember when X Factor was a motive like Saturday night sit down pop in front of back in that was um, like peak Alexandra Burke years oh man sensational when when you're like hanging on Simon Cowell's every word like oh, you're like oh. what's Simon gonna say <laughs> no it's actually crazy man um, I guess it's Again, we come back to this topic constantly, right? About how social media is just reshaping how how things happen, how things are gonna happen. I know at work we're doing a whole like little piece of like five G and like what what does the what does the future look like in with the lens of five G and how that's literally gonna transform people's lives and transform industries and like you say routes to success, especially for like young people. Mm-hmm. We we are literally so connected. Like I can't get over how connected we are. Especially when we were talking about how BLM, like over the pandemic, how you felt like I could have been American during that time. Like, I felt it like that. Yeah. Because of how like visceral and how close I felt to people that looked like me across the Atlantic. Like it's actually crazy. So like 
um, route to success is via any means. I mean, this could be a route to success right here. You get me? Obviously, well, you might have, you might have, have, you might have to like a subscribe after that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a segue if you ever want to watch. Uh, it is a route we'll, we'll hold for a sec. We'll give you a second to do that. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, man. No, but do it. Wait, did we say it at the beginning? Yeah, we did. We did. Oh, I'll say it again. Like, share, subscribe. A big man! All of it. Please. I'm not begging, but I'm begging. Please, sir. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, um, it, it's, it's, it's. Every year in Black British. I think one of the perfect examples of, like, the confusion of Black British history identity is the fact that for the majority of Black British History Month, we've been, we've, it's all been about American Black history and not about our own Black history. Because I think that that's just shows you how, like, I understand, obviously, the uniformity of Blackness to a certain extent across the world, but it just shows you how, like, when you say young, because reading, for example, David Oldershogger's book, Black British History, no, Black and British, yeah. and, um, and it just, it teaches you so much the fact that Black British history stretches so, like, back to Georgians, centuries, yeah. but, um, but yes, I saw, like, I feel like in terms of, like, an entrenched community here, it's been, it's been, like, um, it's fairly new, so I think it's one of them ones where I think, like, we just, as we grow and we move forward, we'll get there. But we'll get also, there. like, make efforts to learn it, like I'm, I'm definitely one that I need to dip my head even more so into like history, and I'd implore like no matter who you are to learn about Black history, just because I feel like the Black contribution to culture is just so rich, and it's like it's such an opportunity for not only Black people, also white people to kind of like understand British history it's British history isn't understand it? British history right yeah you're mm. you're completely right things really really interesting and eye-opening and you also just you'll just find yourself being able to connect with like new people in like a much easier way yeah things like super cool so do um, it Glad. do it and then subscribe as well like it's <laughs> cool um we thought we're going to end every single um, episode with some sort of game. Yeah. And um, we thought for this first one, easy game would you rather? Because I'm tired and I want to go. <laughs> Run You asked me this question before, but I'll do it to you. Big Brother or Love Island? Ooh. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, you went with Big Brother, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain my reasoning. You already know. I'll, I'll re-explain my reasoning. You know what, yeah? I, I did love Big Brother. I fancied myself from Big Brother. I felt like I could pattern it. But in today's, in today's day and age, it has to be a love island thing, man. The, the, the financials are making too much sense. Okay, can you do, look at your arm for a sec? Okay, yes, I know. No, 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 wait, just do it. Look at I your arm. understand. What, what's I'm in? imagining, no, I'm imagining I'm in a, they're going to put me into a house where a black man can thrive. You get me? Okay, what, I, I, I always say this, from the moment, OV Soko, seven, OV Soko, lovely, let me not act like I have a question, man, but like, OV, we're struggling. I can never. I can. I can never go. For why? Well, why? You know why is that going to disgrace myself? You know what? I'm. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Obviously, Ovi did his thing. Yeah, Ovi did his thing. But I, I feel like. I feel like times are changing, man. Like slowly but surely. 
Well, because of, of Michael last year with people are just recognizing a bit more the, the chocolate. You can be, you can go, hot, you can go disgrace yourself. Hot, hot chocolate. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in charge of your Twitter while you're gone. And yeah, I'm gonna get you cancelled before you come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the thing is, for me, I actually, I genuinely think it'll be the the financial benefit of going on Love Island versus Big Brother. It's just crazy, fam. Oh, so you do it for uh, kind of the marketing, fam. Like, Fair enough. me with a little bit of drip, a half of these men can't even dress properly, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now. Like, let me just enter the show, pattern my thing, obviously shout out all the man them, all the gal them, and then we... They, they will like you on it, they will like you. We, we move. Like, all you have to do is get black Twitter behind you. I feel like people are just battling over black Twitter for love and... No, what, you think black Twitter will definitely back you? Oh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping black Twitter will back me. I've got no bad tweets in my past. They can't, they can't out me like that. You got, you can go through my history. You won't find nothing. Bro, wow, that thing is that's something for another episode. You see when that whole thing was happening, when people being out, it's like this year. This year, I was like, firstly, I don't. There was not one point in my history where I was tweeting that kind of madness. But even still, like, surely because this happened once again before. Surely you'd go through your old tweets and just get rid of them. We, we, if you we were that have, way inclined. We will have a whole conversation on how we need to protect black women in this society. Because it's wild. But just more specifically, how just ma- like... In terms of that, how that was a phase. Like, I did my, fa- my phase was telling... My phase was going on Facebook and telling long statuses of... Oh, I had a good day at the park. <laughs> With that, that was what I was doing at age forty. No, I I do remember growing up and being darker in terms of skin tone was seen as undesirable. Like, play point blank, and it, it not only happened to girls, but it also happened to guys, and they had us hating ourselves. This, and we're talking like I must have been. We're talking from the age of 11 to like 16. No, like yeah. in, in formative years, societies teach you to hate your skin tone, like hate your color. Like, yeah, it's mad. and then you had a lot of mandem that were tweeting like, ah, oh, this blip girl, like trying to like, I don't, ah, oh, she's it, not it, like, it. like, it's, it's crazy, bro. It's mad, but we'll, we'll save that. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is definitely too long. <laughs> Yeah, no, let's round up. Um, for the fifteenth time, like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. Share it with one other, share it with one other person. That's what you have to do, or two if you're feeling generous. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, share, leave a review, say you liked it. If you didn't like it, just don't do anything. Just <laughs> ignore us. If you didn't like it, don't put. No, I want all the hate. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> what have you okay yeah and um yeah like share subscribe socials um or yam egg on instagram will be your yam egg on twitter yeah and we will be yam egg on tiktok because that's where the kids are and um we want you guys listening to well depending on how your stories end up you might have to put like oh yeah yeah sorry but, um, about that at the, at the start yeah <laughs> but like some of you are growing in it so um yeah, and then personal socials, AYO underscore AA on Instagram, this AYO underscore AA13 on Twitter, and that's it. 
Yeah. Why are you, why are you so fussed as a thirty? And I had different things. You need two minutes to read out your socials. This, no, because I did I did the Yam Egg socials as well. Just just do the way I do your socials. Hey, at let me be K Twitter TikTok Facebook Insta. You find me there, man. I might just make a different Twitter to be honest. That probably makes more sense. Oh, he changed his Abby the other day. It was heartbreaking. Oh, from the future. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm you like, know. Uh, I, I, I think and especially the more the, the more crazy stuff he does, the more I can't have him. <laughs> That's why fucking Instagram. But that moment where he goes sensational, sensational. Oh, live in my heart. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, peace. Thanks for watching. We'll be back again. Love and in, blessings in two weeks. And it starts. End it.